series that we've been working through, which has been as a result of our vision um, series around standing out and shine. Um, I want you to know that it's not just ended after today. We wanted to encourage you to just keep being people that stand out and shine wherever you are. And we, we've addressed a number, of, uh, a number of subjects. You know, we've, we've talked about the, the fact of being strangers. Not talking about weird, but being different. We're called to be different. If you're a Christian believer here, you know, you, you, you're called to be different. I'm called to be different. I'm called to live differently and speak differently and act differently than, than, than other people. We, we address the whole issue of, of integrity just an important value, um, purity, um, and, the, and the inconvenience. These are some of the values that we looked at. And today, it's my joy to just really wrap it all up in talking about how we can stand out and shine within our community. If you've got a Bible, or if you've got a device that can get the Bible up there, or if you've not got any of those, then you just need to look at the screen, because I want to read one verse to you, and we're going to use this as a to, um, to share this morning. It reads in Luke in chapter 15 and verse 1. And it reads there, Now the tax collectors and the notorious and especially wicked sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. I want to just keep that on there if we, if we will, please, Chris. I just want to walk across here because I want us to just take a look for a moment at the language. I have to be careful because I don't want to stay too long here, but I want us to just understand what it's saying. If you're over there, you can see it from that side. It reads, now the tax collectors and, and these are in brackets. These are what I've put in there, but these are from other versions. This is what it's meaning. The tax collectors and the notorious and especially wicked Sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. Question. How would a group of notorious and especially wicked sinners, what would they want to do with a religious man? Because in my experience, those people who are notoriously and especially wicked don't want anything to do with those do-gooders. There's a little bit of a secret here. Jesus wasn't a do-gooder. And neither was he religious. We'll come on to that. He was a man, a real man, who understood real men and real women. He lived a life of absolute purity, but he was able to on people's levels. He was able to get down to where people were at. And that is why he records, and they were all gathering around to hear Jesus. So if you're here today and you say, well, I'm not particularly religious and I'm not a do-gooder. In fact, I really don't know why I'm here or I'm here under duress because somebody's really forced me to be here. You're in good company, okay? Because all that I want to do is just communicate something of God's heart towards you. Because God loves the community and he wants us to stand out and shine in the community. I love what it reads in another version. It says, now the tax collectors and the notorious and especially wicked. It talks about, in other versions, those of doubtful reputation. Some of you here, 
your reputation goes before you. If I can say this, I didn't know Paul Briggs at this point, but Paul Briggs, when I came here, Paul had had a radical conversion to Jesus Christ many years before. And it was said, of, I've never said this to you, Paul, but it was said to me of you that you could walk into a pub outside of Christ and you would empty that pub just with a stare, just with a look. Because his reputation went before him. But thanks be to God that God rescued a broken man, a damaged man, and did something great in his heart. And his life has never been the same again, Paul. Never been the same again. See, Jesus is in the business of taking people who we think no chance, and he does something with them. Notorious and especially wicked people. And before you all start getting a little bit high and mighty, the Bible says that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the requirements. I'm terrible at darts. Any darts you see here? 180. That never happened to me. Okay. Archery. My hand-eye coordination can't be up to much. I always go off the, the, the mark. And the reality is, in, in terms of our lives, we all think we're you know, perfect. But if we was to use our life as like a dart, dartboard, we're all just off the time. We never hit where we should hit because the reality is none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. We've all messed up. We've all fallen short. When we think about the community, Jesus particularly loved the community and that's why people wanted to hear him because he engaged with people. He got down on their level. He got down, as the young people would say. Get down, okay? He got down, Jacob. I'm not sure he would have had a haircut like this. That looks like a sweepover, doesn't it? Look at that. I actually think that, you know, this impression that we have, I'm just, I purposely haven't put too much structure to my notes because I just wanted some things to ooze out of me this morning, if that's okay. We have this picture of Jesus. It's complete rubbish. Jesus, weak, meek, and mild. Some of you have heard walking around with sandals. Listen to me. If you like wearing sandals and socks, that's your bag. That's great. But for many of like a Jacob's generation, they would think, no chance. I mean, even my girls are looking, Dad, what are you wearing that for? Come on. Jesus, I think he would have just been like everybody else in terms of how he was. He was a man. He was a strong man because he came from the building trade. He understood the real needs. He was born in a barn with a group of animals. So it wasn't this all suited and booted kind of character. He, people knew him. That's why they got offended with him. Jesus, Mary's son, what's all this about? People knew him. He engaged with the community. And, 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 and even more than that, he engaged with them, but he spoke their language. Don't misinterpret that. He wasn't, somebody said to me two weeks ago, I used this phrase, effing and jeffing. And they'd never heard it before. But you understand what I mean. He wasn't effing and blinding. He wasn't trying to be hip and trendy because he wanted 
fit in. I want to tell you, Jesus stood out in his language and his conduct. And that was what was so attractive. It was so attractive. I find a lot of our younger guys, just talking to Josh, as they're seeking to live right, it's interesting that many of those younger guys who are seeking to live right, they have the most friends. They don't have to be like everybody else. They don't have to be sleeping around. They don't have to be taking drugs. They don't have to be getting bladdered on a Friday, Saturday night. They just have to be themselves. And guess what? It's so attractive. That's what Jesus was like. He was so attractive. But even more than that, Jesus spoke stuff that they'd never heard before. They'd never heard such wisdom. They'd never heard such authority. They'd never heard such common sense. Jesus was a man who spoke incredible common sense. People could understand what Jesus was meaning. And when they couldn't, he then interpreted the stories, often in parables. And they said, we don't understand this, Jesus. And then Jesus gave them the interpretation of it. He used illustrations that were appropriate to the common man. He used illustrations of, of farmers because there was a lot of farmers. He used illustrations about losing stuff. People who'd lost a coin, people who'd lost a sheep, people who'd lost a son. And the reason why I use that phrase, because we all know what it's like to lose something. Anybody here ever lost anything? Anybody here ever lost anything of real value? Some of you are old enough, you've lost your mom or your dad, and it was of real value. And you know what it felt like to lose them. Ever had that horrible thought when you've been walking in the shops and then you've, one of your children's gone missing? And you've lost one of your kids. I used an illustration three or four weeks ago, and I, I heard this before. It would be crass of me with four children to say, well, we've lost one of our kids. Well, we've still got three. And that's what Jesus was trying to say to, to, the, to the people of the time. He was saying, we should be engaged with lost, every, every lost person, every lost, every, use the word every, nudge your neighbor and say every, 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 every lost person mattered to Jesus. Every single one. You may say Christian, every single one, every single one, everyone mattered to Jesus. Everyone Everyone. Is it any wonder that they were gathering around to hear this Jesus? The world had never seen love like it. And not a soft pansy love, but a strong love. And Jesus became a friend of the community of sinners. Now listen to me. I want you to understand this, this phrase. Jesus stepped down and stepped up. Because whatever level you feel you're at in society, there will always be somebody higher than you, and there will always be somebody lower than you. By the way, I don't like that kind of language, but I'm using it because you understand it. So if you're earning 20 grand... Somebody who's earning 50 grand, in your mind, they're higher because they're earning more than you. And there are people, no, it's not true. I know, Pam, but that's what, with the mindset we can live in. And there are people who aren't earning a much, so they're lower than us. 
That's why I said to, said to you, I don't believe in that stuff at all because Jesus didn't. But this is what he did. He actually did step down and he did step up because a couple of illustrations that Jesus touched people of the day who really you shouldn't be touching. So he touched lepers. By the way, do you understand what lepers, leprosy was all about? It's still around in certain parts of the country. It literally eats their flesh. Their bodies become open sores. They weep. A friend of mine, his sister, went to minister to lepers. Where it was, but she gave her life to go and minister and bring healing to lepers. Lepers of the day were equivalent to, go roll the quote, back 15, 20 years when we didn't understand HIV. And those who know, you had this whole thing coming out. You can't sit on the toilet in case you're going to catch HIV or da 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 But Jesus touched lepers. They were outcasts. They were thrown out of the city and the towns. But Jesus intentionally walked by lepers. What about the woman who was caught in adultery? First of all, I have to tell you, the reason I'm down here because I'm talking about the community and I want to be amongst you. I'd like to have been where Louis actually preached from there and round you. So I just want to show that actually we sit on the stage, we stand on the stage because it's helpful to, you see, to see, but I want to give you a visualization. Jesus wasn't on a platform somewhere. He was amongst the people. He got amongst the people. And Jesus, with the woman who was caught in adultery in John, in the Gospel of John, she would have been naked because they just ripped her from the situation and they threw her before Jesus. There's a number of things. Number one, she was a woman. So of the day, it was not good to net with women. And secondly, it was a naked woman who'd been caught in adultery. She, the law demanded she be stoned. That's what they were trying to do, catch Jesus out. And Jesus stooped. Down. He stooped down. But what about stepping up? Well, there's times when Jesus stepped up because there was a man who was a wealthy man. Jesus wasn't a wealthy man. Forget all the claptrap comes from God channel. His needs were met, but he wasn't a wealthy man. I don't believe that for one moment. And there's no three quick fix to get your wealth. Send money in and you'll get this oil. Listen to me. All hearing stuff of that on God channel is rubbish. I just need to nail it. I don't know what, just cut, oh, complete another claptrap. Right? But Zacchaeus was a wealthy man. Okay, ill-gotten gain. He was a tax collector. I and mean, if you work for the HMRC, I'm not saying you're a, you know, because that's the law. I have to be careful there, Bob. Okay. But at that day, they were taking, they were taking for the Romans and then they took them for, the, for themselves. And they were classed as outcasts. But they were wealthy. They'd built the wealth on it. So he would have had houses and it would have been awash with money. Jesus stepped up and touched Zacchaeus. See, people have prejudice with poor people. But poor people can oftentimes have a prejudice with rich people. I need to address it. Because we have no, no prejudice whether you're rich or poor. If you've got much, we thank God for it. If you've got little, we're going to believe with you that you're going to have a little bit more. And Jesus saw no different difference between rich and poor. How about the rich young ruler? You think everything's a good story with Jesus, but this young ruler had everything, possessions. He had it all, 
looks, ability, talent. Even kept a pure life, it records. But he still left very sad because he wasn't willing to give his whole heart to Jesus. And Jesus said he left very sad. See, Jesus stepped down, but he also stepped up. And that's what we need to do within the community if we're going to stand out and shine. We need to be people that shine a light brightly with those who we consider to have much or who have little. It's interesting, the root word of community means common. That's all it means. Commonality. It means everybody. So when we're talking about standing out and shining, it means we're standing out, standing out and shining with commonality with everybody. And what I understand, the more I get involved within the community and those who know me, know that I have a serious passion to get involved more and more with the community and not the department, that we become a community church. That we engage with all kinds of people. What I'm realizing is this, they are looking for a light. They are looking for something different. If you're here as a guest, you are here probably seeing, are we for real? And you're not convinced yet. Some of you might be, some of you aren't. What is it about these people? But the community is looking for something different. Let me just encourage the church people for a moment, because oftentimes we think we're going to engage with the community, so we'll just become like them. And let me tell you, you will never influence the world whilst trying to be like it. I'll say that again. You'll never influence the world by trying to be like it. So if you, it's your bag to think, well, I've got to get with a group of my friends. They go out drinking and do whatever. Well, go out with them, but you don't have to get to the point where they are. What's this saying a crude joke, so I've got to laugh along. You've just blacked in. You've not stood out. I need to be careful because of podcasts. It's amazing where you go, but just connecting with a few people that I am, and I'm just connecting with with. Some of these people, just because I think they're good people. This interesting particular guy, he was forever blaspheming. Just, just what he did. Used the word Jesus a lot of the time. I've noticed eight, nine, ten weeks into our conversation that I'm down meeting him. And I've never said a word. Last time I was with him, guess what? He used it. And I've not had to say a word. And by the way, some people think that they, they you know, to, to get connected with people and to be trendy and relevant, they use a word, so I'll use a risque word. Why? You don't need to be like that. People are looking for something different. Fed up with what they've got. Any people here are Christians now, were you fed up with where you were living before you came to Christ? About four of you. I'll ask you again. Were you fed up in how you were living? Because other if you weren't fed up, what's the point of you making the decision? You're fed up with how you're living. It brought no peace and satisfaction to your heart. Nothing at all. Nothing, nothing satisfied. But what happened is, there's somebody who stood out. Why blend in when we're called to stand out? Let me say, the community is looking for different. It's looking for real. It's looking for honest. It's looking for pure. Not perfect. But just Honest. And pure. That's what it's looking for. There was a, a, a Twitter feed, I believe, from, that came out from Arena Church. I thought it was John Maxwell, but I think it was an American president. Somebody said this, people don't care how much 
you know until they know how much you care. You see, it's not about how much you know that's going to impact the community. This community that we're living in isn't going to be impacted by what we know or how clever we are or how creative we are or how brilliant we are. What this community needs is to know that we care. That's all it needs. All your workplace needs is for them to know you care. That's all. You really care deeply about them. And I want to tell you, if you begin to live like that church, we'll start to impact our community. We'll start to impact our friends. We'll start to impact our family. I've counseled and spoke to many um, people, particularly those who have a husband who aren't, who aren't Christian. And I'm not saying this every time, but the amount of times that I to counsel people over numbers of years because they said, I'm desperate for him to find Jesus. I'm des- or it could be a wife, desperate for them to find Jesus. And all I say to them is just live a life of love. Because that's the Bible. Just love them. Just love them to death. Love them to death. Just keep loving them. Just keep serving them. Just keep being different. And I have seen it time again where those people who were hard and who were resistant over many, many years have come closer, not always fully in, but closer and are much more open to the things of God. If we want to affect this community, we need to apply the Jesus principle of loving our communities. Now, in my closing 10 minutes that I have with you, I just want to talk to you for a moment because that is literally just an introduction and because of time, I'm just going to lay one or two points and if you want the full message of this, you're going to need to come tonight to Mansfield, okay? But I want to just take it from Mark in chapter 10 and if we can just put it on the screens, we'll read it together and uh, it's found in verse 46 and it reads, then they came to Jericho As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him, told him to be quiet, shut up. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man. Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, want to see? Go, said Jesus. Your feet immediately. He received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. I have some favorite stories in the Bible, I'm sure you do as an eminent preacher. There are some Bible stories that I absolutely love, and I've preached more from these stories than any other. The woman caught in adultery is a favorite of mine, and this is another favorite of mine. Now, you automatically think in these closing moments that we have that I'm going to go to the miracle. I'm not. I just want to show you a number of things that you may not have seen before in this story, and they're just going to be headliners. First of all, let's just notice is, let's go back to verse 46 and 47. Let's notice his name. His name is Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. I just needed to just check it out a little bit more and do a little bit more work on this. Now, just to give you a little bit of lesson, Bar, B-A-R, means son. 
That's all it means. So his actual name was Timaeus. That's why they've put there, son of Timaeus. So Bar is son, and Timaeus was his name. But if you go to the root word of Timaeus, it's an Aramaic root word. Don't worry about that. But this is the meaning behind Timaeus. Polluted, unclean, defiled. That's the name. So he was son of, polluted, unclean, foul, and defiled. I think our community here in Ilkeston and Mansfield and this area has been labeled with those kinds of names. Foul, undefiled, unclean, polluted. And guess what? If you hear something enough, you begin to believe it. Some of you here have believed the lie that you're unclean, you're foul, not wanted, you're ugly, you're horrible. You've never been wanted. You're a mistake. Community believes that stuff as well as you. And this was the basis for Bartimaeus coming to Jesus who brought light into the darkness, hope into the world. But notice two things about this story. First of all, it's so interesting to know that Bartimaeus wanted to be heard. If we want to impact the community, we've got to be prepared to hear them. We've got to be prepared to listen to them. Notice in verse 48, as he began to shout out, they began to rebuke him and told him to what? To be quiet. They said, be quiet. Keep it zipped. You are worthless. You are foul. You are polluted. You are a beggar. You have no reason to be talking to the rabbi. Keep it zipped. Community have believed that. So they've seen the church here as holy and mighty. They have been here living their lives, living it out, but they've been looking for hope. But the hope has not been coming forward from the church. Thanks be to God. Churches are arising all across the world who are actually bringing hope and are engaging people who feel foul, who feel polluted, who feel worthless. And Jesus heard him. Jesus heard him. Let me just say quickly, it says in Proverbs 18 verse 13, to answer before listening is folly and shame. I think at times, we're answering the wrong questions. The community are asking something, and we're giving them a completely different answer because we've not truly listened to them. And if we do not listen to people, it is to our folly and to our shame. If we want to engage and impact and influence this community And if you want to influence and impact your workplace, as Josh has encouraged us this morning to pray for, can I implore you, the first thing you need to do is listen to them. Hear them. Listen to them. Not just what they say, but what they don't say. Some of us were in a context about our body language. Was it something like 60% is communicated through our body language? Some of you are checking me out as in what I'm, not just what I'm saying, but my language, my stance. And some people in your offices 
They say, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm fine and they're moving on. But if you really just took time to watch them, you'd realize actually they're not doing fine. Have you ever done that? Yeah, I'm doing fine, Julie, and you move on. Yeah? Anybody ever done that? Of course we have. We've all done it. But Jesus listened to Artemis. He heard his cry. It was the first time, get this, I think it was the first time that Bartimaeus was ever listened to. Whoa! Whoa! The first time Bartimaeus was ever listened to. Secondly, he didn't just listen to him, but get this. Jesus invited him. Let's go to verse 49. Because he then goes on to say, everybody tell him to be quiet. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. Call him here. Bring him to me. So he called the man. Cheer up on your feet. He's calling who? He's calling you. He's calling you. The community is looking for people not just to hear them, but to then invite them to come. You're welcome here. Yes, you're welcome here. What, with all my foulness and pollution and all my disappointments, all my brokenness, my partner? Kids and prison record and bankruptcy and or unclean thoughts and yeah, he's calling you. You're welcome. You're welcome. You are welcome. This is good news. This is what Jesus did. That's why they were so ticked off with him, the religious leaders, because all religious people did was code up to religious people. But Jesus. And everybody. And he invited this man who was polluted to come. Very quickly, Bartimaeus took his coat. Verse 50, I think, records his coat and flung it off. I'll, I'll, if I have time tonight, we'll lay more into this. Basically, what he was saying is I'm throwing off my identity, I'm no longer polluted. Because that cloak identified him as a beggar man. He was a beggar. They knew him because I'm throwing this off. I don't know where I'm going because I'm blind and I'm not being funny here. But I'm getting to Jesus. Somebody help me to get to Jesus. He was not bothered. Let me tell you, which is so, so important. The community is wanting to throw off their past identity. And they are just waiting to be invited. They are just waiting to be invited. And I'm not talking about a department. I'm not talking about food bank. I'm talking about you and your world. They just wait to be invited. I mean, I'm really welcomed at the table, which is what Jesus did. I need to finish with this story. Anybody ever heard of Tony Campalo? Tony Campalo, great. Preacher, teacher, sociologist, professor, wonderful. I heard this story many, many years ago. Tony Campalo, it's a true story, said this. He was preaching, and I'll finish with it. He was preaching in um, Honolulu. Nice gig if you can get it, innit? Because that's Hawaii. Who don't forbid for that gig? Phil gets Grimsby, Campalo gets Hawaii. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Grimsby, I'm just saying. So he's in 
Lulu, can't sleep. Anybody ever traveled time distances? Difficult to get your head around. Couldn't sleep. Gets up three o'clock in the morning, a little bit hungry. Finds this place because everywhere's shot. Finds this greasy spoon. And as he goes into this greasy spoon, he thought, oh, what have I come into here? So he's really hungry, but I thought the safest thing I'll get is a donut because I can see them. And nothing could have happened to him and a black coffee. So he orders this black coffee and donut. As he sits there, it's about nine prostitutes that walk in. So as they're walking in, there's a lot of banter, as you can imagine. They've just come off their night shift. They're doing all that they need to do. Then one girl by the name of Agnes turns to her colleagues and says to them, it's my birthday tomorrow. And one of them turns around meanly and says, well, what do you want me to do about it? Throw a party? Do you want a birthday cake? Do you want to sing happy birthday to you? And immediately Angus... Agnes, sorry, not Angus, Agnes, said, why be so mean to me? I I was just telling you it's my birthday tomorrow. I wouldn't expect you to do anything for me. The reality is, I've never had a birthday party in all of my life. Campolo sat there. They then go. He thinks, I've got a eureka moment. So he says to the guy, a bit rough himself. Excuse me, do these people come into the, oh yeah, they're here every, every, every night. He said, would I be able to use this venue to throw a party for this girl? Because she's just told me, she, oh, he says, oh, that would be a great idea. A party, oh, that would be wonderful. His wife comes through, he says, oh, come here, Sally, because his name was Harry. It's true, this true story. Sally, when Harry met Sally. No, it's true. Sally. So, this man wants to throw a party. Wonderful. Well, we'll make the cake. So he thought, well, we'll risk it, even though it looks a bit dodgy. But he says, I'll get the banner. So anyway, the long and story short of it is they throw this party in this coffee shop, this greasy spoon. Quarter past three in the morning, they're throwing this party. And lo and behold, Harry and Sally had obviously put the word out on the street. Because every, this is what Campolo said, every prostitute, it seemed like, in Honolulu was was in this coffee shop. As Agnes walked through the door, they all popped the poppers and shouted happy birthday to her. This 39-year-old woman was holding back the tears, could not believe what she was seeing. They had to literally hold her. And as they brought the cake out with candles on, she completely lost it. She completely lost it. The owner of the cafe says, come on, Agnes, are you going to you know, cut your cake? And are you going to blow your candles out? Because if you're not, I'm going to do it for you. And as they just stood there for a moment, Agnes then turned and said to the coffee shop owner, can we not cut the cake? Because I just want to look at it for a moment. He says, you can do what you want with it. It's your cake. You can take it home if you want. Can I really take it home? Yes, you can take it home. She says, I will come back. So as she carries this cake out the door, she goes home. There was a moment of silence. And Campolo broke the silence by saying, I think this would be a great opportunity to pray. (laughs) True. So everybody bowed their head. And there he was. In this greasy spoon at 3.30 in the morning on Honolulu streets 
with a bunch of prostitutes. He begins to pray for Agnes. He begins to pray for her health and for her well-being. He begins to pray the blessing of God upon her life. As they stop, the coffee shop owner turns to Campolo and says to him, you never told me you were a preacher. What church do you belong to? And Campolo immediately responded, said, I belong to a church that throws birthday parties for prostitutes at 3.30 a.m. in the morning. The coffee shop turned back to him and said, no, you don't. There's no church like that. If there was, I'd join it. I'd join a church like that. I want to tell you, it's my dream that we will become a church like that, that throws parties for prostitutes, for drug addicts, for poor people, for wealthy people, that we continue to say at the front of our church, there is a sign that says, you are most welcome. That's my prayer. Thank you for giving me the time this morning.